This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. With Kevin De Bruyne, who sets up a shot and scores. And now it's with Harry Kane, and it's another chance to make it three, and he doesn't miss this time. That's Coutinho for Salah. Oh, that's brilliant. Mo Salah's header from Coutinho's excellent cross. And here's your host, James Rose. Welcome to episode 28 of our second season and our second consecutive episode since, well, it's been a while, it's the point I'm making. Uh, I'm joined today by the leader of the Kansas City Spurs fan group, the man who's already designed his new sunny tattoo and who only eats ice cream when there's sprinkles involved. Strange but true. It's Jared Bustamante. How are you, bud? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I am uh, kind of shaking in my boots before tomorrow's Champions League second leg against uh-huh. City. But uh, so for right now, I'm okay. We're doing good. Deep breaths, as, uh, as I always say. Uh, and I'm also delighted to have with me the leader of the Casey Gunners, the man who's pleased to see Arsenal's Europa League plans still on track and who has already secured his tickets for Endgame. Who hasn't? It's Boyce Richardson. How are you, bud? You know, after Ben Foster's error on Monday, I was pleased to see that he got on the whole uh, Twitter sphere today and called out David De Gea for wearing his Spain jersey for Manchester United. <laughs> What a guy. What a guy. Uh, now, before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Bros Talking Soccer uh, for having us on their podcast last night. Uh, we spent a good fun hour breaking down our own personal origin stories as well as the history of this very show. Uh, so do check it out. The link is on our Twitter page and you can also find it via the Bros Talking Soccer's Twitter page and YouTube channel as well. I found out a lot about you guys yesterday. It was, it was a good time. It was an absolute blast. It was a pleasure uh, and uh, happy to ruin their their broadcast. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) It was really excited to announce to everybody that I got bit by a genetically mutated spider. And that's how I became Samurai Hawk. That was that was a great story. That was, that was a great story. Loved it. Um, oh dear. Let's, uh, let's move to our first contest. Um, we're going to start with a game I've decided to rename just because, you know, I get bored. Uh, so what was once called Question of the Match is now called All Three Points. All Three Points. So as before, uh, from three topics I provide, each person is going to get a statistical question stemming from that match, and then a round of discussion will follow. Uh, three points for a correct guess. See what I did there? Um, and today's three topics are, that's more I like it from Spurs. Foster gives Arsenal the win. Liverpool dispatch Chelsea. And Jared, you're up first this week. So go ahead and pick a topic for us. Uh, well, I think we have to kick it off with Spurs, right? I, that's that's a great choice, in my opinion. Uh, Spurs continue to dominate in their brand new stadium thanks to a hat trick from Lucas Moura over Huddersfield. The final score was four to nil. Jared, your question from this one: How many goals has Lucas Moura scored for Spurs this season? Is it eight, ten, or twelve? Uh, is this all competitions? Uh, it is, that is a great question. Because <laughs> uh, he's been kind of a stud in Champions League. So that is true. I think, uh, um... While I, I will double check this. Please pause. <laughs> oh my God. Stop, James. You did it. You got me. The game is this over. Is his head explodes. The, the game, game is done. The, the, game, the Sphinx has been defeated. You've beat Thanos. The game's over. This is the end game for me. Uh, all right, Google. Uh, thank God this isn't live. But I'm not going to edit it because that makes it even better. 
you know what's funny? It doesn't matter. I'm still gonna get it wrong. So that's the that's the best part of this. All right, I I have I have my uh, answer to your question. It is just Premier League, uh, just Premier League goals for Lucas Moura. So what is your guess? Uh, okay, give me the options again. Uh, eight, ten, or twelve. Uh, after this, eight. Unlucky, bud. The answer is ten. The answer is ten. Oh, After all that, of a fashion. Jared, despite Lucas's performance, uh, how did Spurs come away with such a convincing win here? Huddersfield uh, are garbage. <laughs> I mean, Good answer, right, boys? Over to you. No, I'm kidding. I was going to say he's done now, right? Yeah, yeah that's his part over. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, I'll give it. I mean, let's call it duck a duck. I mean, you you look at this, just the stat lines of this, and it was just domination from nose to tail. However, we had a couple of scares, uh, Huddersfield on the break, things like that. Uh, you know, uh, Spurs getting caught forward, which is not a surprising issue. Uh, but I think this was a win that they absolutely needed. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of this is a match they were supposed to win. And given the misfires from Christmas up until even passing North London Derby, taking one point out of 15 in that stretch, uh, uh, Spurs, they have to take care of business at this point. And this was them doing so. Uh, I think this this Huddersfield match, uh, you know, Boyce alluded to this, and we talked about this on the pod coming up, is that this uh, fell in a convenient spot uh, right in the middle of the uh, first and second leg of the Champions League gave Pochettino a chance to rotate the squad, uh, which he did. Thankfully, mm-hmm. uh, there was much talk in the broadcast about you know times where Harry Kane was not available, uh, where he would just trot out Harry Kane against Tranmere Rovers or against uh, uh, you know the Exiles or whatever, like in, in the FA Cup, and just things where he would not rotate the squad. Right. He did so here. Lucas shines. And with, uh, I'm not really certain of the timeline with Eric Lamella coming back, but uh, with now women's son having to fill in for Harry Kane, having Lucas off the bench or Lucas in that attacking role, in addition to whenever Coco comes back, I mean, he is going to be absolutely essential. So if you're uh, if you're a Spurs supporter, you, know, you got to be heartened by this uh, runner form. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah, uh, Boyce, your question for this one: uh, Since Kane's injury absence from Man United, how many EPL points have Spurs collected without him? That's without him. Is that nine, twelve, or fifteen? I believe they are undefeated, and it is fifteen. That is absolutely correct, sir. Yeah, nice work. And I'll get you those all three points right off the bat there. Good job with that. Um, so here's the killer question for you, boys. Are Spurs better without Kane, or does Kane still need to be in this team? You know, I think this is a really difficult question, to be honest. If the run of form this campaign is to be demonstrative, then Spurs are better without Kane. You know, you look back at the run of fixtures that they had. They had... I know they lost to Wolves at one point, but th- I think that was with Kane. But you're talking about Watford, Leicester. They got through some matches that weren't just the Fulham match that they barely won at the the death of the match. And they, they've been better. Son, I think, really is the integral part of that, though. It, it seems like he plays better when he doesn't have to worry about the influence of Ali and especially Harry Kane in the lineup. He seems to take more of an authoritative leadership role and... Spurs have just been better when that's been true. You know, after Kane got injured, it was funny because I was only half joking, but after today's Ajax win against Juventus, I think it might actually be true. 
the reality of Spurs potentially making the Champions League final at this point, if they can get by City tomorrow, when really all they need is a goal, and God only knows, it's my birthday, Son's going to score in like the 87th minute. Uh, <laughs> I, they're a more dangerous team when Kane's not around. I, you know, And you would be foolish to say Kane is obviously one of the top strikers in the world, but Spurs, in order to reach the next level, in order to be... You know, the team that I, I think that Daniel Levy and Pochettino believe they can be need to figure out how to meld Harry Kane into the starting 11 and not have it disrupt the form of everybody else. You know, whether or not that be Deli Ali, but especially Hongman San, who I think when you look back at the 1819 campaign as a Spurs fan has to be your player of the season. Yeah. You know, I know that Kane is in the midst of his normal golden boot chase and he'll claim that every goal from now until the end of the season he scored even if it was obviously off of somebody else's foot and he'll wager that on his next born child but son has Never saved let it go. <laughs> son has saved them so many times they they were better without Kane for the stretch that they had he came back Spurs lost a ton of matches they played terribly they had a terrible run of form and then Kane leaves the lineup again and it, and let's be honest let's go back to Jared's earlier point Let's not pretend like this Huddersfield match is demonstrative of absolutely anything. The Palace match at the new stadium, not really demonstrative of anything. I think if you're going to look at anything from a Spurs run of form standpoint, that you have to start looking at the City match, which was incredible. But I think if we were doing another Champions League podcast, we would be talking a little bit about how Pep Guardiola just blew the starting 11 for that match. But I mean, taking nothing away from Spurs, a, a victory against City at home is still impressive. It's just... You can't glean anything from a 4-0 win against Huddersfield at home. Mm -hmm. That team is awful. They have 14 points in the Premier League through 34 matches. Yeah, I'm terrible at division. I don't know what that is, but it's like 0.3 points a match. It's, it's not no, good. It's no good read, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's real bad. Yeah. So, you know, again, Jared, Jared referenced it. It's true. I think Spurs were very fortunate to get this match in between, especially when you're looking at a team like Manchester United that is now going from getting kicked out of the Champions League to playing Everton away and then playing Chelsea and City at home. Uh, the schedule makers have been kind to Spurs while they constructed their stadium out of Legos. Mm -hmm. And I guess we'll see how this uh, season transpires for them, but it's going to be very interesting nonetheless. Uh, boys... The beer cups are filled from the bottom <laughs> in those Legos. Remember that. <laughs> That's the selling point right there. <laughs> boys, you're up next. Uh, we have two topics left. We have Liverpool dispatch Chelsea and Foster gives Arsenal the win. I'm wondering which one you're going to talk about. You know, I'm going to go with Watford versus Arsenal, but let's not just... Let's not relegate Ben Foster to the dustbins of history. <laughs> Let's also reference the fact that Troy Deeney was a complete, total fat Drake moron and did one of the dumbest things. He followed through on his promise he... of smacking Arsenal players upside the head and then took his shirt off and whined like a little baby when he got caught. Uh, you might have summed it up. Arsenal squeeze out a victory thanks to a Foster Howler and a Troy Deeney sending off that gave uh, them the away edge they needed. The final score was 1-0. Uh, boys, your question for this one. Uh, in his three Premier League, definitely Premier League, games against Watford, how many goals has Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang been directly involved in? And that's scored and assisted. Uh, is it one, two, or three? Oh, man, it's definitely at least one. Uh, let's go with two. 
Ooh, unlucky bird. It is actually three, believe it or not. He uh. does like to play against Watford. That's uh, that's his team, apparently, to play for. Or play against, rather. At this point in time, boys, can Arsenal comfortably push for a top four finish now? Yes. Good deal. Uh, Jared? Uh... <laughs> yeah, right now you're looking at a situation. The problem is that Socrates is still suspended over the weekend. Palace is dangerous on the road. But uh, Arsenal have one loss and two draws the entire season at the Emirates, which is pretty impressive. They're, I think, three points behind Liverpool at this point in the home form table and four points behind Manchester City. You have to expect that uh, even on Easter Day, uh, they will be able to get by Palace. And if they get by Palace and Brighton, who lost at home today to Cardiff, which unfortunately we're not talking about, but that's a a pretty big win by Cardiff and something that brings the relegation battle kind of back into full swing. Mm -hmm. But Arsenal aren't going to lose at home to Brighton. So... You're looking at 72 points for Arsenal if they win those two matches, three more on the road. I think if you win one, draw one, that's 76 points. With the way that Chelsea and United are playing right now, I think that's going to be enough to be able to get them in the top four. I will say, even if Spurs lose on the weekend, I don't see a situation where Arsenal gets out of Leicester away, Wolves away, and Burnley away with only a draw. So I think it's going to be difficult because even in my most optimistic of stages, I really don't see Spurs dropping points beyond this weekend. I think in order for Arsenal to finish third, Spurs would probably have to drop a match against a team that you really wouldn't expect. And especially now that Harry Kane's out of the lineup, I think it's going to be difficult (laughs) for that to happen. But the one thing that I will say is that nothing about Monday was inspiring. Right. And I think it's looking at it from the vantage point of taking three points from a match that I didn't necessarily think that we would take three points from. I think when you look at the last three away fixtures, which are going to be key in Arsenal's progression into the top four, they play Burnley away on the last day of the campaign with Burnley having absolutely nothing to play for. And it's I think it's actually a similar situation to what we had last season when Arsene Wenger's last match of the campaign was against Burnley away and Arsenal finally won, I believe. So I think that gives me faith that Arsenal having everything to play for could pull that out. But, you know, when you're looking at playing at the Molyneux or you're looking at playing at Leicester, do I think that Arsenal can get one point from those two matches? Definitely. But Brendan Rodgers is going to be out to prove that his veneers are worth the value that he got. And who knows how Arsenal are going to perform there. And Wolves have taken everybody to task this season. So there's a lot of danger there. But I think even dropping five points there, Arsenal will still be able to to sneak into the top four. The dream of St. Totteringham's, unless Spurs (laughs) just go full bore Spursy. Oh, I, I think is I think might be over. Oh, don't say that. You never know. You never know. Uh, Jared, here's your question for this one. Uh, since returning to the Premier League in 2015, how many red cards have Watford now collected? Is it seven, <laughs> twelve, or fifteen? Twelve. Unlucky, but it is actually fifteen. Believe it or not, it is more than any other side in uh, in that time frame. Believe oh it or not, my God, they're yeah, the Raiders. They they're are, and, and how many of them are Troy Deeney's? Probably fifteen of them. No, I'm kidding. Uh, anyway, was Troy Deeney sending off the correct call, and how much did it impact Watford's overall performance? Uh, no, and not at all. Good. So, deal. <laughs> so here's the thing. I'm 
kind of being facetious here. I don't know. I will say the more I look at it, I wonder if this suffers from one of those things. You just watch something on replay over and over and over again. And kind of like, I know you repeat a word enough in your head. It no longer sounds like a word. Uh, so I think we have to give, uh, you know, the benefit of the doubt to, you know, the officials on the field and, you know, gleaning some kind of intent there and all of that. I will say the more you watch it, the less severe it looks. So then you kind of look to, well, somebody's seen that. Can they glean some kind of intent? Was he actually throwing an elbow? Uh, or is this, you know, just flat out being chippy? The fact of the matter is Troy Deeney, I, I don't think gets the benefit of the doubt. Like mm-hmm. he just doesn't. Yeah. Uh, so I think that probably came into play here. And uh, was it Torreira that, that went down? Yeah. 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 Uh, and all that. Okay. Well, he's a little punk anyways, who cares? But did it affect Watford's like, I'm not sure it did. I mm. mean, let's not forget. I mean, Arsenal relied on the woodwork two or three times in this match to keep them in it. I forget who had that long range shot that teed up at the end. Uh, that went right off the corner. Uh, I mean, the fact of the matter is, I mean, both sides have their chances here. Sure. Uh, I mean, Wofford walked away with 11 shots on goal. I mean, it's not like they were significantly outplayed here. And I think Boyce kind of alluded to that here. He's like, you know, not a lot of positivity kind of taken from that match on Monday. And it, you know, but for some really some heads up football on uh, Obama Yang's part, who knows uh, uh, what would have happened here and got Ben Foster, buddy. I mean, that's tough. <laughs> that uh, I there, there's just no two way, there's no, no two ways about it. That is tough. But you know, Arsenal survived, and, and that's the nature of this business. And you know, a valuable three points. And and I got to say, you know, breathing down the neck, I I wish I were as optimistic as Voice uh, on <laughs> on this. But you know, anything is possible. I just right now it is win the games that you need to win, and hopefully we keep pace. But I tell you what, I. I will not count out some some completely unearned Arsenal pulling the rabbits out of the hat, obviously in conjunction with uh, Spurs just shooting themselves in the foot. <laughs> oh, gosh. Again, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't jinx it. <laughs> Jared, uh, this last topic is Liverpool dispatch Chelsea. Uh, Liverpool take a significant step towards the Premier League title thanks to a Mane goal and a wonder strike from Mo Salah. Uh, the final score is two to nothing. So your question, Jared, is when was the last time Liverpool took victory from Chelsea at Anfield? Was it 2018, 2015, or 2012? Hmm. Hasn't really been a fortress of late. Uh, I'm going to say, well, I should say only of late. Uh, 2015. It is 2012. Unlucky there, bud. Yeah. May 2012 was their last time there in a 4-1 win uh, over the Blues there. So, I mean, somewhat significant there in terms of history and all that jazz. Uh, But, Jared, how would you sum up their performance here uh, and the goals in question that gave them that vital victory? I mean, you can't argue with that most solid strike. I mean, that is just... Thing of beauty. (laughs) That That is how you do that. Uh, as as much as I can't stand the guy, and here's the thing, here's the footnote. I'm going to preempt Boyce's touch here. Yes, it annoys me when Deli Alley does it too. But can the man just stay up in the box? Right. I mean, it is just absolute. At at a certain point, uh, like no one can sit here and tell me that watching Arjen Robin flop around the box during the World Cup is fun. Right. And it's just, it, it's getting to more, it's absolutely ridiculous. And it's compounded by the fact that he can do this. You see a strike like that, and you think 
good grief, man. Stay on your feet. Yeah. <laughs> that, it just is absolutely, it is mind numbing, but massive win, uh, convincing win. And uh, I, I think now you have Chelsea certainly have uh, uh, the, an absolutely uphill battle here. I think Boyce uh, was posting in, in our, uh, it was either in our chat or on Twitter. It was the, uh, I think it was the 538, the odds of making the top four and all of that. Where Chelsea and United have now dropped out after this win uh, by Liverpool. It's going to be Liverpool and City duking it out. And I just, I can't wait to get past not only the Champions League uh, match against City, but just the Premier League match. Because mm-hmm. as Pep put out uh, in an interview, I think it was, uh, it was today or yesterday, that effectively uh, the remaining matches are all finals uh, between the impending Manchester Derby and the two matches against Spurs, mainly because he knows that those matches keep alive their bid for a quadruple right so now you're dealing with the city squad tomorrow <laughs> and then a city squad in the prem and then if you're manchester united if you're Olga and Solskjaer, i mean you are uh you're henry winkler at the halftime at the bourbon bowl going anybody got an idea because <laughs> shark team is coming and uh i tell you what i just i just want to get through and i want it to be done and over <laughs> the shocks are hungry uh boyce your question from this one how many away matches have chelsea now lost in a row against big six opposition is it three four or six? Oh, they didn't lose to arsenal so it can't be six they beat them uh four it is not four. It is actually six. Believe it is or not, it, re- it is. Unless I've done my uh, my quizzing wrong, but uh, do some uh. research there. But uh, I have six down here on the stats, and I have they've conceded sixteen goals from it all. Uh, again, if you think I'm wrong, please write in, uh, listeners, and tell me that, and then we'll give those points back to boys. But anyway, uh, disp- yeah, not at all. Probably totally wrong. I was just imagining <laughs> that Arsenal lost to them at the beginning of the year, so it's like the colors, everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, boys, despite that statistic, uh, how would you assess Chelsea's performance uh, from this game? I think if you're looking at only the first half, that Chelsea's performance was actually quite solid. You know, it, it was one of those matches where. You know, you look at the possession statistics, Liverpool had 62%, Chelsea had 38%, and Liverpool was looking at 15 shots with 7 on goal, and Chelsea was 6-3, and three. but I think a large majority of those Chelsea shots all came in the first half when I really did think that it was pretty up in the air. You know, looking at this as a, a fan sort of divorced from the Liverpool-Chelsea dynamic, especially as an Arsenal fan, you know, I was obviously help, hoping for the demise of Chelsea here, just because it helped Arsenal into the top four, but... I, I was worried for the first half, which I, I think is demonstrative of just how decent Chelsea were. Mm-hmm. It just, the moment Jordan Henderson passed that ball to, to Sané, it was just over. You know, it was one of those things, or I did it again. Two. Yep. <laughs> and we were stuck in this last night. It's awesome. Today. Again, I'm not oh, editing this I'm at all. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm good for one of those, a podcast. It's fine. Uh, I've never... I can't tell if he's doing it on purpose. <laughs> I'm actually staring at his name right now, which is fantastic. It makes it even better. Uh, And then, you know, as has been true of this Chelsea squad the entire year, the moment that Salah goal went into the back of the net as Jorginho was staring over his shoulder and looking into the abyss, it was over. They fell apart. And they had a little bit of a run where there were maybe five to ten minutes where they looked like they might try and get back into the match. And then when that didn't work... 
and Liverpool resolutely defended, they were done. And you have to look at this Chelsea squad. I think it's going to be really interesting. So if you're looking at the rest of their schedule right now, they have a match against Burnley at home, United away, Watford at home, and Leicester away for the rest of the campaign. And you kind of wonder how they're going to perform. But then they're not even planning to be in the Europa League final. According to ESPN, they actually have a Wednesday, May 15th friendly against the New England Revolution in the United States. Uh, The Europa League final is May 29th. So I don't know what Chelsea are doing, but I think what's really interesting is the fact that if they don't make top four, it really does look like they're going to make the Europa League final. And that's in Baku, Azerbaijan, which could be pretty far away from New England. I, I'm not sure what the plan is there. There doesn't really seem to be any forethought. And you would have to think that should they not make top four, that the Europa League becomes an incredible priority for them and one in which Maurizio Sarri has got to be pretty you know, worried. Because if they get to the Europa League final and somehow lose to whether it be Napoli, Valencia, or Arsenal, being out of the top four, having a transfer ban, and only bringing in Pulisic when it looks for the entire world like you're going to lose Eden Hazard over the summer. They've got to sell pieces. I don't know what they're going to do. If if they have a transfer ban for incoming players and you've still got Willian on the roster who's quickly approaching his mid-30s, you know, you've got Hazard that wants to leave. You have other players that need to go, you know, and you look at like Gonzalo Higuain who's just been, he can't get... He can't get ahead and get into the starting 11 during an EPL match, and he can't beat out Olivier Giroud in a Europa League match. Chelsea are a a mess, and they haven't improved at all since Murata got back. Let's quickly move on to our next game, uh, which is another round, of course, of Rumor Mill. So once again, each player is going to get a quote or a line from a newspaper or online resource from the last few days. All they've got to do is tell me if the words I read out were in fact printed or just something I made up. So it's basically oh, true or... Screamed at a subway station by a homeless man. <laughs> I'll take that too. <laughs> there you go. I'll take that too. Um, <laughs> that could be true. Anyway. Uh, it's just like the mirror. There we go. Uh, two points for a correct guess on this. And, Boyce, you are up first with this one. Arsenal will make a late attempt to sign Man United midfielder on the Herrera on a free transfer in the summer before the Spaniard agrees a move to PSG. Is that true or false? I have no idea whether or not it was printed, but it's dumb because he's already signed with PSG, so I'm going to say no. <sighs> it's actually true. According to L'Equipe, yeah. <laughs> This game gets better every week. Uh, it was printed, so it's officially true. But again, it could be in the past. This, there might have been later revelations, but, you know, unfortunately, uh, it was printed. So unlucky there, boys. No points there. Jared, this next one's for you. Liverpool are in advanced talks with Nike over a new long-term kit deal, which is expected to exceed the value of Man United's £750 million deal with Adidas to become the largest deal ever made of its nature. Is that true or false? What are they right now? Uh, New Balance? I think is that for years of yeah. Warrior, which I think is like a lacrosse brand. I Sure. Yeah. It is true. Yeah. Nice work, Jared. That'll get you those two points. ESPN FC has reported that. And I've heard it from other places too. And again, if that does happen, uh, that would be pretty epic for Liverpool. That would really give them one bigger step, so to speak, in their yeah. reputation. Uh, 
Poor guys, they need some more money, you're they, right. They need that little bit more, yeah. Uh, boys, this next one is for you. Uh, speaking of <coughs> Nike, uh, they're in ongoing talks with Tottenham chairman Daniel Levy over the official naming rights of their new stadium. True or false? Ooh. Why don't you give me the Liverpool one, which is an ESPN FC article I actually read. Uh, <laughs> it's all part of the plan. <laughs> uh, sure, yes. It is false. This is great. Uh, not, I haven't seen anything printed of those words. I just made it up. Again, is it wishful thinking on my part? I don't know. Uh, it'd be cool to have the new stadium as the Nike Stadium. Um, but current- So, yep, go ahead, I saw, I think it was a fan-created picture. I don't know if you saw this, boys. Uh, but I would have said yes, too. Because there was like a thing where it was like Nike Stadium at White Hart Lane. Uh. And I think... I went down the rabbit hole and I think a fan created that graphic with like the font from the new stadium in like wishful thinking or something. Yeah. But I, I would have said yes to I, I even <laughs> saw like a mock-up of the Google stadium. And again, I'm, I'm hoping that's definitely fan made, but who would have thought Google, the search engine would maybe be the future sponsor. But anyway, let's pretend that it, that makes all the sense in the world. They just had to search to find their trophies. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to laugh to that. Uh, Jared, <laughs> the most powerful and effective search. Yes, <laughs> Trophies in point zero zero seconds. Anyway, uh, Jared, <laughs> this, Jared, this last one's for you. English midfielder Danny Drinkwater has been told he has no future at Stamford Bridge under manager Mauricio Sarri. Is that true or false? Uh, true. It is true, Jared. Nice. He's Yay! done better on Rumor Mill this guess. week. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah. I knew both of Jared's. I feel like this is rigged. <laughs> this is rigged. That, uh, definitely not. Not at all. Come on now. This is a fair contest. Um, <laughs> the Guardian. He got busted print- for a drink driving, correct? Yeah, because somebody tweeted out, you should drink more water, which was, oh, I forget that's... who it was, but it, it was, was a pretty, pretty lazy joke. Uh... It was devastating, though. It was great. <laughs> pretty clever in that respect i'll take it once again we're going to close with another round of player profile Uh, as usual i'll provide five different clues to a different premier league player first person to shout their name and correctly guess said player will win those two points but you only get one guess as an incorrect shot will freeze you out. This week, your clue to these players is French Revolution. French Revolution. This translates to French players currently in the Premier League. Easy enough. Guys, you ready? Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Player number one has scored no goals this season. Has been with his club since 2012. Featured in his national team's World Cup squad. Plays for Spurs. Boyce? Yes, Boyce. Dembele? It is not Dembele, no. And that does freeze you out. Unlucky there, bud. Uh, So this last clue is for you, Jared. First name is Hugo. Hugo. (laughs) Hugo Lloris. Hugo Lloris. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And that'll get you those two points. I like that first clue because technically, you know, no goalkeeper has scored. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Got your mind sinking the other way. Uh, I got me. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very confused. What is happening? <laughs> uh, player number two plays for Manchester United. 
Jared. Voice. Jared got in there first. So go ahead, Jared. It's probably a trick. Paul Pogba. Oh, it is not Paul Pogba, no, and that does. It was a trick. <laughs> I would like all of the clues now, please. You may have them, boys. <laughs> Take your time. Sit back, relax, enjoy them. Uh, has scored 10 goals so far this season. Wears the number 11 shirt. Has been with the Red Devils since 2015, and his first name is Anthony. Anthony Martial. Anthony Martial. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And that will get you those two points. Nice work on that. Player number three is a defender. Has scored three goals so far this season. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. The Rock Shelney. Unfortunately, no, it is not. So that does freeze you out. And Jared, these remaining clues are for you. Used to play for Barcelona. Currently plays for Everton. First name is Lucas. Lucas Digne. Lucas Digne. Very good. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And that'll get you those two points. Nice work on that. Two players left. And player number four is another defender. Has been with his club since 2017. Cost his current club a fee of 57 million. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Mindy? Unfortunately, no, it is not Mendy, no, and that does freeze you out. Uh, I'll finish that clue. Cost his current club a fee of £57 million. Uh, First name is, I can't even say this, Emmerich? Emmerich? First name is Emmerich and plays for Manchester City. What do we think, Jared? Laporte. 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 I was trying to my French sucks, man. I'm trying to like <laughs> trying to say it all correct. Yeah, it's uh, Emmerich Laporte. Laporte. I think I got that right. Anyway, yes, that'll get you uh, those two points. And the last clue or the last player of the game plays for Watford. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Decoure. Abdoulaye Decoure. Yes, nice work. Great catch there. Yeah, that is absolutely correct. And that'll get you those two points. The other clues on that one were plays as a midfielder, has been with the Hornets since 2015, has been rumoured with a move to PSG. As a fat teammate. <laughs> I'll <a> <laughs> just get you guys to write the clues one day and I'll guess. It seems like a reasonable clue. I don't know. That would have given it away more than Watford. You just said had a fat teammate. Voice would have buzzed in with Decore. <laughs> Love it. Uh, his first name is Abdelay as the last clue on that one. Uh, but guys, that is the game. And the uh, final scores, this is another close one, very close. But uh, Boyce came away with seven points. But Jared, congratulations, bud. Once again, you have won with ten points. How do you feel? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I believe that counts as a winning streak. Very excited. <laughs> Look I'm out. still nowhere close to Boyce, and I'm probably going to lose. <laughs> I think you're within one now, though. Jared's going streaking. You got me with that Laurent Koscielny clue. I was just waiting for an Arsenal player. I was, I was desperately, <laughs> desperately waiting for a French Arsenal player. Again, uh, there's no rigging in this contest whatsoever. It's all randomly selected uh, by, by me. <laughs> like, uh, no Kishelny, no Lacazette. I was really waiting on that. Yeah. I was screwed on a couple of them. As was I. I was like, cool. Played for Leon? No? All right. Cool. Came for second division? No? All right. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually true. Though. You think a lot. There are a lot of French players in the Arsenal team. So yeah, what there's also Guendouzi, who you could have pulled out. There's, there's a lot. <laughs> there really is a lot. But anyway, game's over. <laughs> you lost. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, that uh, that is uh, on that note. 
That is all we have time for today. So big thanks as always to my guests, Jared Bustamante and uh, Boris Richardson. Don't forget to share the love by rating us from iTunes and of course subscribing to our weekly episodes. You can also check out our musings on our Twitter page at Kit Corner Flag as well as our Facebook page and Instagram handle at Kit Corner Flag as well. Uh, final words, Jared. Oh, goodness. Uh... Talk to me in 24 hours, and uh, I'll be I'll be drinking either way. But uh, come on, Spurs, and uh, let's just fight for that draw tomorrow. Let's take it. And boys, I guess talk to me in 48 hours. The idea of Arsenal finishing top four and winning the Europa League is quite pleasant. Let's take it. We never know what happens. Crazy things happen, but uh, we'll see. All right, guys, that'll do it. And until next week.